Geeks and Nerds presents Publishing Insider. Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. On this podcast, we chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. I'm Danny V, and joining me as co-host is author and funny guy, as he's been described, Adrian Beck. Mm, Not by myself, no. But yes, I am here. I'm very excited uh, because this is the industry insider version of Words and Nerds. So we get all the secrets from all those people in the know in the publishing world. I tell you what, if you're an author... Or if you just have some sort of passing interest in publishing, you need to be listening, and particularly in today's episode, Danny. And I think aspiring authors too, this would be amazing. So this is, as you say, our Inside Publishing series, and over the next few months we'll be talking to agents and publishers and book designers and publicists and editors and anyone else I might have forgotten. So it's going to be amazing. Would you? Do you want to kick us off with our very first guest? Absolutely. Now, I am thrilled to have this guest with us on Words of Nerds, the Publisher Insider special, because she, if anyone's a Publisher Insider, it is this person. Uh, the amazing Valerie Koo, who is from the wonderful podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer, uh, and... Um, She's also got a book with Alison Tate of the same name. Valerie Koo, she's an award-winning feature writer who's also the CEO of the Australian Writers' Centre. Valerie has worked at many, many publishing giants and currently works as a freelance editor for several consumer and corporate publications. And as I said, along with Alison Tate, our great friend Valerie co-hosts the popular top-rating podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer. So if you want to be a writer, you need to listen to Valerie Koo. Valerie, welcome to Words and Nerds. In fact, I'm going to give you the traditional welcome. How are you, Val? (laughs) Well done. And thank you for having me on the show. It's great to be here. (laughs) It's so great to have you here. That was a wonderful description. It was very impressive. Can I say that bio? (laughs) Um, I've been around. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Val, you were meant to respond with, I'm fair to middling. You missed your opportunity there. (laughs) I know. I was so thrown. It's never been asked in reverse to me. It's usually me asking Mm. that question to Alison. So um, it's never actually worked the other way around. So I'm quite (laughs) shocked. (laughs) All right. Well, we're just going to assume you're fair to middling and we're going to push on, okay? (laughs) It's strange being on the other side, though, isn't it, Val? I've done this a couple of times and I actually don't really like it. I prefer to be asking the questions. How, How are you feeling? Oh, absolutely. I think when you have worked as a journalist for as long as I have, you are so used to asking the questions that when the tables are turned, you're like a deer in headlights. Terrifying. And it's like, oh, my God, this is what I've been making people do this whole time. Yes. <laughs> no, we're going to go extremely easy on you because we're thrilled to have you on board. So, um, Danny, that book, So You Want to Be a Writer, I haven't been able to put it down. Uh, that's the that's the one based on the podcast. And um, Valerie and Alison have put it together, uh, taking a lot of the tips that they've got from famous authors as well. Um, Val, I wonder if you would kick us off by... Maybe giving us a little bit of an elevator pitch about the (laughs) So You Want to Be a Writer book. Well, So You Want to Be a Writer was inspired, of course, by the podcast, So You Want to Be a Writer. And Alison and I have been asked so many questions over the years about how to get into the world of writing and publishing. So we thought, why not distill all of the information and also get some of the great advice and insight and wisdom from some of the authors who have been on the podcast 
and put it in a book so that people have a one-stop shop in that book. So they have a blueprint of the steps they need to take in order to become a writer. And that's exactly what it is. We wanted to take people on a journey so that they knew it wasn't just a whole chunk of information or chunks of information it was carefully curated so you learnt about things you know in terms of building blocks step by step so you knew the path that you needed to take for your specific writing goals mm, and it was a journey and I actually really liked from the very beginning and I thought this was really important how you extended Terry Pratchett's quote I mean he says the first draft is just telling yourself the story but you extended that to say but that's the narrative we tell about ourselves and I think that's so true because particularly for aspiring writers I think this is even true for for published authors is that sometimes you just don't think you're good enough can you talk Mm. to us about this Oh, we all suffer from imposter syndrome. We all suffer from self-doubt, no matter how advanced we are. So um, so it's perfectly natural. And often when we're experiencing self-doubt or or we're wondering whether we're good enough to move forward in this, this passion, in this chosen, you know, whether it's a career or hobby at this stage. And what we need to understand is that these feelings are really normal. It's completely normal to experience self-doubt and you just need to say, well, you just need to, you don't try and ignore it because it's real. It's a real feeling. You just have to acknowledge, yep, I feel that and that's okay, but I'm going to move forward anyway. And I think it's so important not to get stuck at that point and be crippled by the Mm self-doubt to the point where we can't actually move on and we're paralyzed. Very, very important just for that narrative to be, this is normal. I'm moving forward anyway. With all your credentials, which we heard in the uh, in the intro, Val, does imposter syndrome actually does it affect it no matter what stage you are in your career? Does it is it always present? Oh, without a doubt. You know, you have really successful people like um, Sheryl Sandberg, the author of Lean In. She's the COO of Facebook, super successful businesswoman who basically has said that she wakes up some days and wonders what she's doing. <laughs> you have J Lo, who's 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 ridiculously successful and sold bazillion albums. I don't even know the exact figure, but some inordinate number of albums who, you know, wakes up and also suffers from imposter syndrome. You have Hugh Jackman, the amazing Mm. Hugh Jackman, who (laughs) also experiences the same thing to the point where he had to get coaching in it. So no matter how successful you are, you will experience imposter syndrome at every level. Just accept that it's going to be there and move forward. It's amazing. The only people I could, the only person I could think that probably doesn't have imposter syndrome would be John Bon Jovi. Don't you reckon? <laughs> my love, my love. Okay. <laughs> um, I suspect that D. John also experiences it at some level. Uh, he's he is a god, you know, in my world. <laughs> I possibly he is kind of amazing. I love the little subtitle chapter called Go on Flirt a Little. How do we flirt with our writing, Val? Well, I think the thing is that sometimes people want to dip their toe in the water or they're vaguely thinking, oh, I might be interested in writing. I'm not really sure. And they overthink it. They actually sit there and I go, do I want to make a career change? Do I really want to do a course? Do I really want to explore the world of writing? Stop overthinking. Just flirt a little, you know. Mm. You just need to dip your toe in the water, sample it, maybe do a short course, maybe just, you know, talk to other writers just to see. It's not a lifetime commitment. You don't have (laughs) 
have to make a major big decision, just do a little bit of writing here and there in some kind of environment that in, uh, fosters writing and mm -hmm. see whether you like it. And if you don't, you've discovered that. And if you do, you might try a different type of writing or you might go deeper and deeper until you fall in love. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so you can swipe left now and again and swipe right now and again. Exactly. But, but it doesn't mean it's a lifelong commitment. That's right. And you can swipe left and right on different types of writing. Mm. You might try fiction and, re and realise, oh, this is for me, or I don't like that. I'm going to try memoir or I'm going to try journalism or I'm going to try content writing, you know. So, yeah, you can swipe right and left on different types of writing all the time. <laughs> I love this so, so much. <laughs> and, and while we are sort of, you know, relating writing to to dating and flirting and falling in love. I really loved the idea of a creative date. Oh, yes. I, I fell in love with this idea. Can you tell mm. us about the creative date? Yes, I'm big on the creative dates. I think that this is really important. I think that people need to take themselves out on a creative date Ooh. regularly. Now, it's going to depend, of course, how busy you are in your lifestyle and that sort of stuff. But, mm. you know, whether you do it once a week or once a fortnight, try and schedule it in and try and make it something that you do by yourself. Occasionally, you might invite a friend or something. But it is something that piques your creative curiosity. Now, that could be anything from just doing a course in some craft that you're that is unrelated to writing or whatever um just so that you can get the creative juices flowing it might be going to a museum it might be seeing a particular movie or, or going to a movie night where you talk about the movie and analyze the movie mm. so it, it's it's very broad but it's something that the key aspect it's something that piques your creative curiosity mm. because Obviously, the creative curiosity is there for a reason. You have that little thing inside you niggling at you to kind of, oh, maybe you might find this interesting. And you've just got to give into it because you never know what amazing path that's going to lead you mm. to. Mm, absolutely. So you should go to your significant partner and say, right, it's date night, and then just leave. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. I am big on that too. <laughs> okay, great. I'm writing this down, Val. This is a tips <laughs> for <duh>. life. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure about that one, but you, why don't you try it and get back to us? I'll try it and I'll let you both know how I go. Hey, what, I, what I'm interested in now, I see the uh, So You Want to Be a Writer book and podcast as sort of my unofficial mentor, but there is a lot of talk in there about mentors mm. um, and, and sort of like, role models even, and it's an important aspect of your writing. Why is that so important, Val? And um, is Al your role model or are you hers? <laughs> I, I think that uh, we've known each other for so long that our roles to each other have morphed and evolved over time. Okay. It really depends on the day of the week. Um, <laughs> however, yes, it is something that I'm very passionate about because interestingly, I didn't discover the value of mentors till extremely late in life. I don't know why. Maybe it was because I was an only child, grew up with no siblings. I'm not, I'm really not sure. But uh, I am, and once I did discover the incredible enriching relationship that you can have with a mentor and the value that they can bring to your development and your career, I was like, oh my God, why didn't I do this 30 years ago or 20 mm. years ago? And I think that particularly with writing, it's such an isolating experience. So when you reach out to a mentor, it, they don't necessarily have to be somebody who um, 
mentors you on the actual craft of writing. Mm. They could be somebody who might just guide you gently or be a sounding board in the next step that you might take, not specific to the technique of writing, but the next step you might take in your professional, you know, development or career or the things that you might need to learn and stuff like that. And and like I said, it's it, it I discovered very late in life and once you do discover it, you realise that it is a fast track. It's something that helps you leap instead of ladder climb. Mm, great, it's great advice. And I suppose you could also, speaking of you and you and Al, but you 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 and friends, from time to time, people could play the role of a mentor for one particular topic, and then you could be a mentor for them again later down the track. Absolutely, I'm a big believer in asking. You know, because yeah. what have you got to lose? Just asking for advice. You don't have to necessarily take it all the time, mm. but you should definitely listen to it and consider it. Yeah. Mm. And with having a mentor or, as you talk about, also finding your tribe, I think there's that accountability because if you're writing in secret, there's mm. no word numbers you have to get to. There's nothing you need to achieve. You can just throw it away and no one's watching. But if you do something, I mean, we did this with NaNoWriMo publicly on the podcast. Mm. If you Each week you have to sort of check in and go, I wrote this many words or I didn't. I think that accountability is is so important because you have something something tangible to to make every week yeah definitely because some people are really motivated and they can really just get the words down but for us mere mortals who you know it's a little bit more challenging then it can be really useful just to have a group of peers who you catch up with on a regular basis it doesn't have to be every week or anything it might be every month uh just to share where where you're up to and what you've um where you're at because one group that i um uh catch up with probably every month um i know that oh my god that's coming up in a week i've got to get all this this stuff done that <laughs> mm. i said i was going to get done mm. yeah it's enforcing deadlines isn't it it's um mm. yeah when, when you may not necessarily have an official one it's i think it really helps with the motivation it certainly helps me i don't uh, when we were doing the nano thing i just didn't want to um i didn't want to be last so you know <laughs> lots, lots of different things that can motivate people including just being really needlessly competitive now the five steps you've got to take today as a writer mm-hmm. um are they five steps to the refrigerator or are they a bit more practical <laughs> I think they are a bit more practical. So um, I can't remember the order. So what was the first one again? Creating a writing plan. Yes, absolutely. So, of course, that's going to depend. And it doesn't have to be a big spreadsheet that itemizes it on a really granular level. Yeah. It might just be, okay, well, if I want to write a, a, a novel, how do I break that down? You know, I might need to just write X number of words per week. Or if I want to get my article published in The Guardian, how would mm. I break that down? You know, mm. just... Creating a plan is useful, otherwise you meander, which is also fine. It just takes you, but it just takes you longer to get there. Yeah. There was a couple of steps in that that caught your eye, I noticed as well, Danny. Yeah, I was really interested and I think we touched on it a little bit when we talked about mentors and tribes, but I thought it was interesting because this is the hard one, I reckon, when you're an aspiring writer or you really want to try writing out is telling your friends and your family you're writing. And I don't know why, and maybe you two can offer some insights. Why is this so exposing and terrifying that you actually tell people that you're writing? 
Mm, that is so true because part of it is then finally admitting I really want to do this thing and that can be scary and when you actually also admit you really want to do this thing there is that the one of the scary parts is that oh you think I could fail and then if I tell but if I tell people people will know but if mm. I don't tell people then they won't know and it didn't really happen you know <laughs> know <what I> mean? <laughs> yes and <laughs> never happened <laughs> what can be real though is that then you de- your friends and family may be well-meaning um, and they may go, so how are you going? You published it? You published it? And that is just horrendous. Yeah. So if they're likely to be those sorts of people, because not everyone is, then you need to say, hey, I just want to tell you I'm doing this. And depending on where you're at at the time, you might need to say, but don't ask me about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for, or you can only ask me about it every six months. Right, okay. You know, oh, that's, it's, that's more, it's more about them respecting your space So when you say, I can't come to that barbecue because that's my writing time. Yeah. It's not. It, it's more for that as opposed to them bugging you all the time as to whether you got a book deal or not. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if you're not in the industry or you haven't listened to, you know, you speak about it, they might think it's a very quick thing, you know, like you oh, write this yes. January, you get it published in March and you start your next book in April. You know, they might think <laughs> yeah. that it's quite a quick process. So I think, you know, explaining to them that a book can take years to write That's and then another right. year to edit and publish and, you know, it, it's, it spans years sometimes. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and the other thing that I want to ask you a little bit about was um, the number one problem. Now, um, I could go through a whole bunch of different problems that I have, but um, the number one problem... <laughs> a whole um, new episode. Yeah, we could do another spin-off series if you like. No, the number one problem that a lot of writers face is uh, is finding the time. You know, we've oh. got jobs and devices and we've got um, all these other commitments and... Little you know, kids, making little Always kids often, yeah, not understanding that you've got to write this wonderful, amazing novel, the great next great novel. Um, how do you find the time, Val? What do you do? Help us. <laughs> Number one, you do need to carve out some time and dedicate time to it. Number so you whether that is like Nigel Bartlett, he wrote his first uh, novel, King on the Road, on Sundays mm. <laughs> or Sunday afternoons even. But there was a particular time that he devoted to his writing. Number two is that never underestimate the um, uh, power of snatched time is what Alison calls it. And that is, and then that is so true, is the time that you're waiting for your kid, it might only be 10 or 15 minutes at the soccer. And use that time, you know, you get an iPad or a a keyboard with your phone or something so that you can actually um, use that snatched time. And I think it's really important that um, I I was talking to somebody the other day who I was saying, why haven't you watched Peaky Blinders, right? Mm. (laughs) Because it's the thing I'm into. You've You've got to watch it. And he said, in that time, I could have got my small plane license. <laughs> I went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all get our small plane license. Okay. Like but that. in that time, you could have yeah. written 20,000 words or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. So, I, so I think those three things are, are, are important. Carve out the time. Um, uh, use snatched time. And yeah. you give up something. Yeah. yeah. You know? And that brings me to 105 page 105 in your book and I love this it's Mm -hmm. the 500 words what does 500 words at a time look like so if you don't have to put pressure on yourself and say you know I have to write 2,000 words today or whatever this is what 500 words look like and I will take a photo of this for those people who this is an audio obviously um but 
when you put 500 words down over and over and over again on the two pages, I mean, you end up with thousands and thousands of words. So yeah. I really like that idea of snatch time, particularly yeah. when you have busy lives, jobs, kids, all that stuff like we all do. Sometimes at 15 minutes or 20 minutes, 500 words. Yeah. 500 yes. words. If you do that much, if you do that every day. Yeah. It's not even 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Like yeah. I remember once I was at uh, the theatre and um, it was intermission and my friend had to go to the loo. Katrina had to go to the loo. and she Come went on, to the Katrina. <laughs> and, and I used that Didn't you time. go before we went? <laughs> <laughs> but otherwise Val wouldn't have got a writing done. That's true. Exactly. Yeah. Here another drink. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Val's like, yeah, have another milkshake. Ah, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that's that's very interesting because I do find myself uh, even on my iPhone at times dictating into my iPhone when I'm running yes. out of time. So uh, there's all these little tricks and things like mm-hmm. that, which which can help just um, pile up the words ever so slowly, but eventually they become a big pile, which is great. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> uh, something else I found really interesting, Val, was removing the publishing imperative. Tell oh. us what you mean about this and why this is so important. I think a lot of writers think uh, that they have to get, <clears throat> they have to do everything that they can to get published straight away. And they miss out on the joy, A, on the joy of writing, B, on the magic of the creative process. Because they've worked out, okay, I'm writing, I don't know, Regency Romance, or whatever. These are the rules, these are the publishers, and they shoehorn their writing into what they think are ticking all of the boxes Mm. to get it published. Mm. And while there's some merit in that at some level, if you are still writing, certainly your first draft, even your second draft, write the book you want to write and Mm. enjoy it. And when you enjoy it and you're actually writing the thing that, you know, creatively really wants to come out of you, it's going to be good Mm. or it's certainly going to be better than if you're trying to, paint by numbers yeah mm, that is such good that. advice write what you love mm. yeah. and find the joy but i think you need to find the joy in everything of That's course like, find the joy in everything even making breakfast okay (laughs) now the other thing that i love about the book is at the back now obviously um val and al have got some amazing stuff through most of the book but then at the back you've also got the added bonus of some of the best tips from some of the uh some of the authors that and creators that you guys have have talked to on the podcast itself and there's so many nuggets of of uh information and and really helpful tips Mm -hmm. um i wondered val was there any tips that sort of stayed with you one or two things that someone said that really surprised you or really made you have a second think about how you approach writing um, I think that it's it's not like um, it's not uh, this tip isn't rocket science, <laughs> um, uh, but it is so important, and that's simply that you can't do anything. You can't get published. You can't um, edit. You can't restructure. You can't do anything until you write the whole book. Yes. So so many people are only you know. Uh, 20% in and they're angsting about all of these other things. Mm. Stop angsting about all of these other things and write the other 80% because <laughs> you haven't actually got anything to go, you know, with until you've actually written the whole book. Yeah. And so that comes from a number of different authors, but I think it's one of the most important ones. Yeah, yeah. Write the darn book, mm. people. And write it with joy and write it with love and just write yeah. it. Write it with end. joy and love now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Easy. <laughs> That's great Find advice. Find those for snatches that. of time. I think if you put all those together, you can do it. I think you can do it. Absolutely. You're so inspired. Yep, absolutely. Um, now, we have we've got so many great tips from you, Val, um, but... Um, but this is the special spin-off uh, episode of Words and Nerds, where it's a publisher insider. And we've had a lot of authors that have been contacting us, wanting to ask questions of these of these uh, experts, and they want to do it anonymously. So I've got the first anonymous <laughs> author question here. Um, and I'm it's going... got the spooky voice thing on. That's so right. Brace yep. yourself. So you won't be able to tell who actually said it. Uh, let's see uh, if you can answer this question from our, to finish this episode, from our anonymous author. What about if you're someone who really wants to be a writer, but it's just not happening for you? Is there ever a point where you should simply give up? Ooh. Is there ever a point where you should simply give up? Thank you, anonymous author, whoever you might have been. So when uh, anonymous author said somebody who <laughs> wants to be a writer, but it's simply not having, happening for you, you are a writer already if you're Ooh. writing. I'm assuming you're, you're writing. So you already are a writer. You've already achieved that. Um, so I just want to say that at the mm. start. So maybe you mean a published writer. So number one, like, it kind of relates to what I said before. You need to enjoy the journey. Yeah. Number two, you need to finish the book and not try and um, – because people do this. They try and hawk around unfinished manuscripts because mm. they think that just the idea is going to sell. Now, just the idea will sell for J.K. Rowling. Just the idea will sell for <laughs> Candace Fox. You know, but just the idea isn't going to sell for a, um, a completely new author in most cases. Yes. So finish the book. But also it's – You've got to be honest with yourself, not about whether it's you're going to make it or not or whatever, but you've got to be honest with yourself on actually whether you've tried all the things. Mm. You know, have you networked? Have you found your tribe? Because often your tribe will actually introduce you to the right people. Mm. Have you taken on feedback that have has come from multiple people? As in, sure, if one person just says, oh, I didn't understand that, well, Okay, but if three people are saying I didn't understand that, have you fixed that? You yeah. know what I mean? Have yeah. you even asked for feedback in the first place? So it's actually being honest with yourself about that yeah. that I think yeah. is really important. Yeah. Great I advice. I love that. Great That's, advice. It is. It's wonderful and it's inspiring. And all these things are really easy to do. You know, all the things that you've told yeah. us, anyone can just go in and find those snatches of time, find the joy, get a tribe, find a friend, finish mm. the book. You know, mm. it's all really tangible stuff. So thank you so much. I feel inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make that the word of the week, inspired. <laughs> Even after every time, though, I hear that voice disguise, I feel like I'm watching one of those true crime yeah. documentaries and it really freaks me out <laughs> well i i think that um i think that the anonymous author this time around was actually um a, a fan of vowels because they also sent in this so that, that was just a nice little touch there thank you thank you whoever you might have been for sending that in to, to wow. Val I'm sure you appreciated that Val Val after that I'm never sleeping again so I'm going to write 10 novels oh my god okay well obviously a, an, an author a, a person after my own heart yes. maybe it's John Bon Jovi he wants to be an author Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Sounded very similar to him, I, I think. <laughs> hey, thank you, Val. And this book, So You Want to Be a Writer, is a huge help to 
anyone who wants to be a writer and people who are already writers too because there's lots of practical stuff there that can just sharpen you up a little bit so uh, thank you so much for talking about the book and uh, being on this fabulous publisher insider spin-off series of words and nerds how much have you learned dan danny so much and uh, what i like about it is the stuff that i have been talking to you about val is that you can just do straight away Mm. you you can just get off this call and do it straight away it's not it's not hard stuff it's the stuff you can just do easily. So I thank you so much for that. Thank you. Thanks, Val.